Welcome to episode 49 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and I am joined today by Simon. Hey, no, more, no more surnames. No more surnames. Oh, okay, cool. We're being We're real casual, real friendly now. Ooh. Simon and Keelan. Yo. We'll do surnames when we get double up, if we get like another Keelan on the team. Are there, is Keelan a popular name? Oh, yeah, I've met like three. All right. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah, <laughs> the bold face like, one. No, no, no. Here's, here's a cool story sure. for you guys. I respect our listeners more than that, but whatever. I moved to that, everyone. I moved to a new country, right? And I turned up for my first day of school. Um, and it was weird. It was super crazy. I walked outside the classroom after, at the end of the day, and there was this older kid standing there. And he goes to me, he's like, bro, is your name Keelan? I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, me too, bro. Me too. He literally heard through the grapevine that there was another kid named Keelan who started at the school. He came to see me, introduced himself, and I never, ever spoke to him ever again. Kind of makes me think that this may have been a hallucination. Yeah. yeah he's um, like, I was doing a lot of cocaine at the time. <laughs> no, definitely happened. Cool story, think, yeah? No, it wasn't cocaine. It was something else. Well, other than hallucinating on drugs uh, what are you guys been up to how, how you guys been yeah I, I got a couch delivered to my house yesterday hey uh, Ooh. yeah um which is comfortable it's nice and i've called him calvin calvin the calvin couch. calvin, calvin the, the couch. couch calvin the couch that's how i think probably the most do you name everything thing. no just couches yeah. and pets yeah and people is I it mean, an in joke or no no, it was just, yeah, something stupid. Because I mean, an appropriate like, name. My my girlfriend's like named all of the plants in the house. Ha- in the house, so um, that's fair. I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna name this couch. I, I have a plant. I call him Planticus. That's not a good name. Biggest Dickus. Biggest Dickus. Thank you. <laughs> More Monty Python references in this, please. Yes. Keelan, how about you? How you, how you been? What have you been playing? You know, what's, what that type of stuff? You talk like Hades, aren't you? Good. I'm not going to talk about Hades. Come on, man. I haven't played Hades in a few days now, okay? <laughs> I have it under control. <laughs> like a recovering, like, drug addict. No, no, no. I, I haven't touched that stuff for, like, a few hours. I'm good. <laughs> you know, three you days clean. I'm in the background. I'm good. <laughs> um, I've been chipping away very slowly, but very surely at horizon zero dawn and i've also made a commitment to myself to finish something that i started close to eight years ago more than that now very long time ago more than a decade half-life episode one and two i never finished them neither have i Mm. so Mm, i'm I'm going to be starting on those very soon that's a healthy morsel of video game you got going on there there's a lot happening I, um, speaking of morsels, maybe you can speak of medium rare, medium, the medium. Eh, I made my own transition though, I don't need you guys. Um, I'm playing the medium this week. And I, uh, I would, I would have called it low. <laughs> I don't like it. It, 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 it hurts me. Holy shit, sorry. If you're watching this on Twitch, uh, Lawn, who's like writing the show behind the scene, is putting some uh, videos up on the screen. And I just saw a dead body in the game, not like an actual dead body, in the, my peripheral. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, 
I, Great. I met someone yesterday. Um, I was out at an event um, and they were talking to me about, about the medium and they were saying how they're having so many issues running it properly. On and PC? I was, I was like, oh yeah, are you running it on PC? And they were like, yep, got a 3080 and running it ray traced. It looks really good until it does the split screen. And yes! Chugs. And it's like, what? <laughs> A thirty eighty so, is struggling with this. He was like, yeah, it's probably the ray tracing, but you know. And I'm like, performance wise, on the so the whole gimmick with the medium is it runs two worlds simultaneously. So on the screen, it will split into two, and you're controlling basically two characters at once in two different areas. It's a cool idea, but I'll get to my complaints about it in a moment. It actually runs fine on the Series X. It runs quite quite good. When you're playing as uh, Marianne, the, the lead character, I also really like that it's set in Russia because I didn't expect it. It's mm. a really cool, just something a bit different. Um, I thought it was Poland. It could be. I could be wrong. It's Europe. Europe. Somewhere in Europe. Europe. Um, useful. Thank you. <laughs> the game looks really, really pretty mm. when it's just a singular screen. Now, this is the first Xbox Series X game slash S game as well. That isn't hasn't been made for for previous gen. It's the first like true next gen Xbox title, um, and they've shown it off with the whole simultaneous world aspect. But the moment the world split does two things. Oh, also fixed cameras was cool when it was like Resident Evil and all that stuff, but it's archaic now and yeah. it has no place anymore. Putting it out there, people have a very romanticized view of. Um, fixed cameras and they weren't ever great they were a technical limitation and they exactly. just got creative with it I when you run into a room and the moment the camera fixes you're running into a wall mm. that's immersion breaking and kind of goofy yeah. but my big complaint is when the screen splits sorry when the screen spleen, screen screen spleen screen. when the spleen splits <laughs> screen splits one I have a big TV to play games on because I like playing games on a big TV. Don't fucking split my screen in two. So I'm looking at half to half screens. Like, don't, what? Like, why would I want that? Everything's smaller now. If I was playing some on a small TV, it's almost impossible to play. Yeah, that's true. Plus, graphically, it it plummets graphically. And it's not so much... It doesn't look bad. Just they know what the limitations are. So when the screen does split, everything is very bare. You walk into very bare bones rooms. Again, maybe I'm I'm four or five hours into it. I have no real drive to go back. I stopped like Hitman again. But yeah. mm. um, I think I think with like fixed camera angles um, and stuff, I think there is definitely some merit in there, and it's a very it's a very nuanced, um, I guess, sort of atmosphere building tool. But to get it right, you have to get it perfect. I think there are so many better ways to do it nowadays to build that same sort of atmosphere nowadays. I can agree, 100%. It, it, yeah, they came about it because of it was technical limitations back in the day. Like, what's a clever way we could do this? It was a really, really cool way to do it, mm. to get around it and sort of disguise it, for lack of a better term. Um, but, yeah, it just feels really giant, especially at the start of the game, when the game looks, like I guess, like I said, looks really pretty, some of the indoor settings. Um you walk into a room and you're suddenly like, walking into a wall and it's meant to be this really like, mournful opening. My character's like jogging into a wall because <laughs> I was pointing the stick upwards to get into that room. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's go on to our topic. This is a, this is a, uh, a kind of, this is a sequel, if you will, a part dois, 
Uh, last year, we had an episode called uh, Tales of Redemption, where we spoke about games that launched with issues. Um, and they got fixed and became good. So what did we have? We had No Man's Sky, Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. and Diablo. Yeah, Diablo Correct? 3. Diablo 3. Um, we thought we'd revisit this. Now, I mean, there's a few episodes from uh, we, we launched last year that will become hopefully series down the track. This one, we've already, we've already had to warp the rules a little bit. So we're going to be looking also at like kind of franchise saving games as well in the future. Um, and just like some sequels that really changed the game. Hey, changed the game? Yeah. Because huh? it. we talk yeah. about video games. Very yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Why do people listen to us when we make jokes like that? Because it's, it's free. Look. True. <laughs> this is free free comedy people um I'm gonna kick it off this week I'm gonna talk about a well beloved game that we all know and love a game called Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars that was always have my you guys favourite mm. of Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars I have yes. actually yes well wow. like jokes aside I genuinely have this released back in 2008 for the PS3 at about 20 bucks wasn't the most ex- expensive game. Um, as you'd expect, the aim of the game uh, was to use your supersonic acrobatic rocket-powered battle car to drive a ball. I'm really impressed with how quickly I can say that now. Yeah. <laughs> to, you drive a ball into week. a goal more than your opponent's team within the allotted time. That description may have told you what game I'm talking about here. Um, the roots of the game actually date... Supersonic acrobatic rocket-powered battle car, I refuse to shorten that. Um, came about due to um, Psyonix founder Dave Hagewood was modding vehicles into Unreal Tournament back in 2003, hmm. uh, which led him to work on a vehicle mode in Unreal Tournament called Onslaught, which came out in 2004. So it was this big like destruction derby slash racing thing. You had some flying cars, some actual like wheeled car. What's the opposite of a flying car? A wheeled car? Grounded car. Grounded car? A car? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it had racing, destruction, derby um, elements, but it didn't really catch on with players um, until someone had the idea of adding a ball to the arena just to fuck around with it. Mm. Uh, on top of that, they found that the turbo engines that they had put into these Unreal Tournament cars had the unexpected uh, perk of when a player was in the air and they used their rocket, they could sort of fly around to an extent, giving them a little, you know, some of those acrobatics in the air. This got made into a, a game, you know, the titular Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Car, um, and released to mixed reviews. Not bad reviews, mixed reviews. It's currently sitting on a 67 on Metacritic. Um, game, GameSpot there said, this blend of vehicular combat and soccer is fun in short sessions, but it's too frustrating to offer much long-term appeal. IGN said, I fear they may have spent too long with the game, and made it just a bit too difficult for someone to pick it up and play it right off the bat. So it was an Unreal Tournament spin-off made by Modder, got put into the game as Onslaught, then became a full-blown, albeit a cheaper end game for the PS3 in Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Pad Battle Car. Man, oh, I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, you should be. I'll give you that. Now, when the game came out on the PS3, it was still downloaded over 2 million times, but it was sort of a, a cult hit. Mm. Um, Psyonix didn't really know how to promote it very well, so they had a really niche audience who loved it, but it didn't really find 
any sort of further appeal. Uh, but people really like the chaotic nature of the gameplay, especially with the whole like physics engine, which was quite decent for the time, but because it allowed so much, uh, so many stunts and tricks and blah, 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 it became really addictive because every time you played it, it would be a little bit different. In 2011, they pitched the idea of a sequel because they knew that they had something. They pitched it to EA. EA was having a real bad year in 2011. They got voted the worst company in America, which was still, which was dumb. But that's a different, different thing. Uh, they also had a lot of heat on them for dubious pr- business practices. Blah, blah, blah. They got knocked back. EA just couldn't do it at the time. Turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Because in 2015, Cyanix gave it another go, added a few levels of polish, added some car customization, some rule modifiers, and on July 7th, 2015, they launched it under a much snappier title, Rocket League. Yay. I didn't know Rocket League came from here. I only found that like two weeks ago. And this is what triggered my idea. Like, hey, fuck, let's do another one of these episodes. Um, somebody on Twitter mentioned this game. And I'm like, what in the hell is Supersonic Acrobatic Recompense Battlecars? Ah, fucked up. I'll never say it again. Um... Yeah, it, it was Rocket League, and Rocket League went on to become an instant success. Yeah. Um, it released for free via PS Plus, um, and gained 183,000 unique plays in its first week. Insane. Cyanix still don't know what the fuck they were going to do with marketing, so they did it a little bit different, and they did it really well. They gave the game to influencers, YouTubers, Twitch streamers, blah, 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 and also put out the beta. So a bunch of people playing it for free early on, and a bunch of people were watching influencers play it. Uh, influencers play it. And obviously being influence, hence the name influencers. Um, they, so they didn't really spend much on marketing and advertising, but they still, by the end of 2018, had 10 million sales and 40 million players. Fuck. Whoa. They were one of the first games to advertise and market this way. They they set the groundwork for advertising yeah. through influencers, which is, you know, huge today. It's really, really um, successful. Since then, it's also become one of the biggest esports titles run through ESL, Major League Gaming, and eventually Sinex launched the RLCS, the Rocket League Championship Series. Keep in mind, how much do you reckon this game costs to make? Ah. Oh. I'll give, I'll, I'll give, let me give you like a baseline. Four guys cost anywhere between three and six million. I reckon this probably only cost maybe about one million total. Well, fuck me. You've undersold it. It's actually two million, but you've really ruined the impact of that. God oh. damn. Edit it out. Kill it. Edit them out. I was going to say <laughs> 500,000, so that would have made it worse. Games are expensive, y'all. Yeah, they are. That's I why know. I haven't made one. That's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> and a severe lack of talent on my behalf. Um, <laughs> now, being such a massive cultural phenomenon, the game was able to pull off some really cool crossovers. So, I mean, first up, have you guys played Rocket League? How many times are you asking here? Because <laughs> I have it... Three times. For PC. Um, I bought it for Switch as well before it went free to play. So I've paid for it twice. And also bought certain DLCs. And then it went free to play. Is it like legally you need to play a football game? Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Football. You're like, this is like football across the top gear. Our two things. 
Yeah. <laughs> so if you turned it on, the Kooks is playing, it'd be like like a national thing. <laughs> so the first time I heard about Rocket League was through a YouTuber. Um and he literally described it as that one episode of Top Gear where they played football in minis, but they've just strapped jet engines to the minis and you can fly. And I was like, fuck, I need this game. Like, that was it. That was how someone pitched it to me. It was just this well, YouTuber explaining it as, uh, oh, it's like that episode it's of a Top, Top Gear. Episode. Yeah. And, and I think everyone who watches Top Gear, I, I, used to, I hate cars, but like Top Gear. And yeah. now I'm watching the Grand Tour. It's fine. Um, but, I mean, they also had the ice hockey episode in the Winter Olympic special. They have ice hockey in Rocket League. They had, like, ice hockey. They had basketball, shit like that. Mm, I remember, um, the, yeah, the ice hockey event. That was fun. You kills. Have you given it a go? I have not played Rocket League. I did not even know of its existence in general until they announced the Fast and Furious skins for the game. And then I looked into it. And I'm like, holy shit, there's like all this cross-promotional branding and all this stuff happening. This is huge. Absolutely yeah. massive. I, I mean, underappreciated it. But the I 70 Dodge Charger from Fast and Furious, the 99 Nissan Skyline GTR Fast and Furious, the two Jurassic Park um Jeep Wranglers, um and also the ones from Jurassic World, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, Hot Wheels cars, stuff from Stranger Things, The Witcher. The crossovers for this game are insane. Amazing. There cars are so as well. There's many. a Mario and Luigi themed car. Really? There's even a fucking Metroid themed car for Christ's sake. Like there is so the much fuck? shit. Uh, and it's like they've also got like Twitch has its own little yeah uh, little dongle on your antenna. Uh, GameSpot or something like that. Reddit does as well. Reddit. Um, also, just real quickly, okay, this is something I wanted to say at the start. I just mentioned Games, GameSpot. GameStop, which is the one with all the money? GameStop. 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 Yeah. Can I just tell a real quick story? Last year, around September, talking to Keelan, and we jokingly discussed for about 10 minutes, we should buy stocks in a game company before the new consoles come out. <sighs> if we did... This wouldn't be, re- be getting recorded right now. I'll be on a yacht. Actually, no, I'll be hold hold the line, people. Yeah, hold on. Oh, God, it's so entertaining. Anyway, back to the topic. I forgot to say <laughs> that at the top of the episode. I just wanted to complain about that. Um, now, as you mentioned, Simon, this came out on Switch. Uh, the Xbox and Switch version dropped, you know, a few years after release on the PS3 4, with a physical version then coming to PS4. And best of all, cross-platform multiplayer. Yes. Mwah! One of, the, one of the first games to offer true one of the first yeah cross platform and it works a charm um and the game eventually became free to play uh september 23 last year the game now carries a score of 86 on metacritic with reviews heavily leaning positive even for the switch port yeah oh it's players so good on <laughs> oh okay i'm gonna ask another question how many games of rocket league do you gonna have been played oh god several billion Five billion. Five billion. How many goals do you reckon that equates to? Oh, Roughly. Fuck. Um, I'm going to guess. Because a billion is a fuck ton. Like, that's a lot. You heard it here first, folks. Billion is a, a fuck ton. A billion is a high number. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, like, it, a lot of people underestimate exactly how much a billion is. But anyway. Um, you were about to go on a really weird rant, just that I reckon. No, no, what no. What no, people no. in numbers? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not. Um, 
But I reckon five billion games, I'm going to average out at about maybe five goals a game. So, so you're saying 25 bill? I reckon about that. Keelan? I have no idea of any concept of details in this game. I'm well, gonna you're say, both fucking idiots. Okay, now I'm interrupting you. I'm getting in for early. 29 billion goals. I've I was scored. only 4 billion off. Yeah, well, like you yeah. said, billions a lot. Um, it is. <laughs> um, that's crazy. That is absolutely insane. It's. I like this sort of glob for the game because people didn't even know it happened. People mm. don't know the Rocket League is a sequel. Mm, and yeah. you have no real reason to. I've looked at footage of um, the uh, the former game, whose name I've now forgotten. Uh, the Battle Cars one. You know, the Robot Wars, whatever it's called. Um, and it looks fine. Like, it obviously has the bones of um, Rocket League. It looks like Rocket League was put through a Tony Hawk Pro Skater filter. Because all the menus look very, very Pro Skater, stuff like that. Um but the level of polish they added to this to make it work is so perfect. And it was a perfect storm. The game originally got delayed. It was meant to come out end of year 2014, I believe it was. Um, got delayed because they just, it couldn't be what they wanted it to be. Pushing the next year, avoiding all the big titles that came out, wasn't buried. PlayStation then said, hey, we'll put a PlayStation Plus. It was just a perfect storm for this game to um, succeed. And it really did. It's a fun game. Mm. It is a great and game. It- it's one of the few games that's been ported to the Switch from console, and it works just as well. So, mm. I should probably try this, right? Hey, it's fun. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a very good game. game. Would Speaking of games, I haven't played this. I'm not going to say if it's good or bad. Okay, we are going into a zone which I can't. I I cannot help you. I don't know where <laughs> I'm going. A All green right. hill zone, if you will. Uh, there it is. Uh, I didn't even mean to do that one. <laughs> I'm falling into them now. Got Simon, it. what do you got? Sonic Mania may or may not have completely saved Sonic as a franchise. Sonic Mania have not. Oh, sorry, I fucked up. Go yeah. On. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> um, as we all know, Sonic, ever since the transition to 3D, had been struggling a lot. Um, with perhaps the only, like, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, and Sonic Colors generally being accepted as the good ones. And then, uh, like, everything else was kind of shit in its own way. And, you know, yeah, some people might enjoy, like, the Black Knight or whatever, but didn't enjoy, um, whatever the one is with the Werehog, which doesn't make oh, any sense. Oh, God. Whatever the fuck that one was. Sonic Law blows my mind, because I, I know nothing. Sonic is the biggest sort of blind spot on my gaming map. I know nothing about Sonic. Mm. Okay. There's a werehog? Uh, yeah, let's not uh, get into that. I, that I have to say, I've, I think I've said it before, but Sonic 2006 still has my vote. That dude gets with, like, a proper human, and they kiss and everything, and it's super weird, and it's I'm here so for fucking it. strange. It's like someone took a love interest out of, like, a Final Fantasy game and just dropped it into a Sonic game and went, all right, That'll work. It was terrible. It was so bad. Like Sonic, Sonic this is like a human person. Yep, yeah, a regular human person and, uh, kisses. I'm sorry, Sonic. and I ignored this title one <laughs> because it's literal. Like Sonic 06 is literally unplayable. So I, yeah. I shouldn't feel bad when I see like 
the internet makes Sonic pregnant. Sorry, I know I said I wasn't going to say Sonic's pregnant. I fucking warned you to not fucking chat shit oh about this. Oh my god. All right then. The internet shows Knuckles pregnant. Are you happy? Knuckles pregnant. Okay, it's all Sonic art is very is oddly sexual on the internet. It's also, it's did they kind of start it themselves <laughs> with him kissing a lady. No, uh, look, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. But if you're if you're uh, if oh, you're interested in doing something kind of fun, um, Google your name with the hedgehog at the end and look at the first results because it's quite funny. It's quite quite a bit of a laugh. Because just quickly, we're, we're going to go back quickly. Knuckles can't be pregnant. He's an echidna. Yeah. And got gotcha, you, Jesse. I got gotcha. you. You think he can't be pregnant, echidna? That's fair. Just- also, echidna can't talk. <laughs> It also can't right. fly, but you know, here we are. <laughs> let's let's not get into oh, the topic of, of Rouge. I actually know is it Rogue was Rouge, right? Rouge, yeah. Rouge. WPLL in the chat. Yeah. Mm. Knows what's up. No, let's let's not go down that rabbit hole. Anyway, back to Sonic Manium. Um sorry. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Oh dear. Um so, Sonic Mania actually started development in 2015, led by an Australian programmer, um, Christian Whitehead. And um, what's interesting about that is Whitehead had been a pretty prominent member of the fan game community around Sonic. Um, and he had created some like really cool prototypes of stuff, got in contact with Sega, and they said, hey, do you want to help us develop some ports for Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, and Sonic CD for mobile phones, so Android and iOS. And he was happy to, to go along with that, did that, created what are generally considered some of the best ports of those games ever. Um, and, yeah, he presented a prototype saying, hey, I want to I wanna create something here. He called it Sonic Discovery. And it was presented to series producer, sorry, producer, um, Takashi Izuka. And Izuka was pretty receptive of it and suggested that it should include some old levels from the early Sonic games that it was inspired by and perhaps remixed in a way to make them feel new. And then it was renamed Sonic Mania, which stuck after no one suggested a better one. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so the title was a reference more so to the development team's maniacal fandom for the series. So this was a game that was created by fans. This wasn't... It it could have easily been called Sonic Pervert. Jesse, get your head out of the gutter for like five minutes, please. For the love of God. For the How love many of Sonic. times do we have to talk to you about this? First Clippy <laughs> and now Sonic. You are corrupting our childhood heroes. Please. Yeah. Now Clippy <laughs> kiss Sonic. No, let's let's not. Um so yeah. Um yeah, so so that's why it was it was it was called Sonic Mania because of the maniacal fandom for the series. So this was created by fans. This was created by someone who loved the franchise, and it was very much a callback to the original Genesis game. So Sonic 1, 2, 3, um, and Knuckles. And, uh, yeah, um, it was released um, in commemoration of the series' 25th anniversary, and it was developed using um, Christian Whitehead's Retro Engine, a game engine tailored for creating 2D games. Um, which he had also used to create the, the ports for the original Sonic games. Um, 
and uh, he included the programmer uh, Simon Tomley Thumley. I'm not quite sure how the surname's pronounced um, from the studio Head Cannon. And then a couple of very talented level designers, including Jared um, Castle. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Castle. Yeah, I think it might be Carth. Well, no, it's K A S L. <laughs> All out. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> the art director Tom Fry from Pagoda West Games, um, and yeah, so they basically collaborated together to create this incredible game. Because Sonic games previously, like the two D Sonic games, had always been about you go left. Start at the left, go to the right, go as fast as you can, kill the enemies, blah, 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 clear terrains, etc. And you are judged on your speed. You do get a ranking based on your speed. The quicker you complete the level, the better. And generally speaking, um, the quickest path is higher up than it is lower down. If you fall down, you're going to be taking a slightly longer path. Um, and so using that sort of design philosophy from the original games, they've created this... Just incredible game which is full of callbacks references remakes remasters the soundtrack for this game is incredible the gameplay itself is the best that sonic has ever felt i would argue this is the best sonic game ever made and i love fucking like sonic 2 is incredible Mm. but this just eclipses it entirely and you've got all sorts of just fun little callbacks and like niche references and stuff like that, which for the fans of the of the series who have been waiting for a proper 2D Sonic game for years, this is it. Like this is your game. This is what you want. And uh yeah. Um they ended up creating a add-on pack, a DLC, um, calling it Sonic Mania Plus, which uh included some new levels, some extra remixed levels, and uh, also brought back two old characters. Um, let me see. Sorry, I'm just trying to check through my notes to find out where they were. Um, gosh, sorry. Um, Got to close the Sonic art. Mm. Uh, uh, I saved it. So, why are you looking for that? Sorry, so like I said before, Sonic is a blind spot for me. Whenever I hear people talk about Sonic, it always is like a joke, like a meme. Oh yeah. Are Sonic games good? As a blanket statement, like you would say, like are Mario games good? Yes, because yeah. the majority of them are. Are Sonic games good? Two D, yes. Three D, as I said before, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, and. Sonic Colors. Which one so was Shadows? The the 3D games are always treacherous at the best of times. What's um, the issue though with 3D games? Is it simply because you can't I, really capture the, the concept of Sonic? Sonic's a hedgehog and he runs fast, and it's difficult to do that in three dimensions. Is that it? I think I think it's more so that in regards to I guess the way Sonic gameplay actually handles is if you're going from left to right and you can do the speed that's fine that's cool that's not an issue and that works quite well because that's it you're only in control of how fast you're going in one direction and whether or not you're jumping that's it you've got control of two dimensions and that's it but it's when you introduce the third dimension and you have to worry about the depth and you have to worry about other 
you know. It's also, like, like how do you fill the level? Them. Because, like, in Sonic 2D, it's all, like, loops and shit like that. Yeah. Which is a simple thing to do in two dimensions, but once you add a third dimension to that, it's like, okay, how, how, where is this loop in conjunction with everything else, and how does it uh, interact with everything else? Like, when you come out of that loop, where do you go from there? Um, yeah, it's, it, I kind of wish they went back to 2D because I only really became sort of aware, I guess. Like, probably looked at Sonic games when they became 3D, and that's when I'm like, oh, I'm good. Because I think the first game I even read about for Sonic was like an old PlayStation magazine. It was like, what was the one with Shadow in it? Oh, Shadow the Hedgehog? That's not. Yeah, and he had two guns and a motorbike. I'm like, yeah, ah, that was edgy. Hey, yeah. man, like, that should have worked for me, to be honest. That game was like a a wallet chain of a game. <laughs> they were making everything dark and gritty around that time. Oh, yeah, yeah that, was when, was- that was when gaming went through its really weird phase. It wasn't mm. that bad, though. Really? <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so um, here we go. Sorry, I found, I found the bit that I was looking for. So Sonic Mania Plus um, is an expanded version of the game. Um, it was released physically at certain retailers, um, and it was also available as DLC if you already owned the game. Um, in uh, That was July 2018. And it adds two playable characters, Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel, who hadn't been seen since 1993 in an arcade game called Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. So it brought back like two basically unknown characters and made them really good, really fun. And you can play through the entire story with them. And they have unique abilities. So Mighty the Armadillo can slam into the ground and is immune to spikes when in this form. And Ray the Flying Squirrel can glide without losing any altitude. So um, it also adds in an encore mode with remix levels and reworked lives mechanics, a pinball bonus stage, and also a four-player competition mode. Um, I don't know this many characters in the game. I want the yeah, so, so there's, wow. so there's five. You've got Sonic, Tails... Knuckles, Mighty, and Ray. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, like the franchise as a whole, because you've also got Shadow and I think I'm about Shadow because anyone can picture. But there's a fair few animals in the Sonic. There's a lot of. I want the more. I want more in um the film, in the sequel. I don't. Well, I mean, we're getting Tails. I know we're getting Tails in the next one. I like the Sonic film. I think it was actually quite fun. What it was, I think it was, it was a good time. I consider it uh, the same level as the uh, Detective Pikachu movie. So pretty good. Pretty good. It's fine. Which for fine, but like we discussed before, a fine video game movie is a masterpiece. Yes, I agree. <laughs> don't if don't I, watch the Monster Hunter movie. Please. I'm so excited to see it. Oh, do, not, do not waste your time, your effort, or your money. Like it's literally not even worth it i got my ticket for free and i felt like i was owed a refund at the end of that movie but i won't go too into that um anyway back to sonic mania the rage and the rage in simon's eyes oh Oh, it is (laughs) yeah anyway um no so so sonic mania basically just takes everything about a 2d sonic game and creates this perfect little i guess sort of love story and like love note to the franchise as a whole adds in a couple of new mechanics but they all feel really natural the animation is incredible for this game like even though it is just 2d sprites 
the animation that's been done on it is so good the color palette it's bright it's vibrant the soundtrack as i mentioned before is awesome and even just the like the launch trailer is really fucking good um that was the one i sent to you guys earlier and um yeah they had a uh um it's a cool like animaniac vibe to it like yeah. the animation style i quite like it yeah I, I can't actually argue with that i think that's actually a pretty good pretty good comparison um so there was a there's a, a music group called Hyper Potions, um, which they created the the song Friends, which is the launch trailer music. And Hyper Potions are amazing. If you ever want to check them out, absolutely do. But yeah, like they they just took the time, the effort, and the energy to create something that really was a. It was created by fans saying, "Hey, this is why we love Sonic." And Sega go, "Shit, that's really good. Fuck yeah, let's do this." Whereas if it was Nintendo, it would be a cease and desist. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, (laughs) it would be. So, you know, it it was one of those things that the only reason it exists is because Christian Whitehead created fan games, which Sega took notice of, went, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Asked him to come on board to create ports, which he put in so much effort into, made them not just a basic port, but actually upgraded several aspects of them, made them really fun. And Sega go, oh yeah, you're doing a really good job. And he goes, well, cool, because I've got an idea. And they go, fuck it, let's do it. Is Sonic as a franchise that. done? Mm, no. You don't think so? No. Because I feel like, from what you've said, they, it, they weren't going great. Mania comes out. Sega actually listens to the fans and basically lets the fans make the game. Mania comes out, people love it. But then it dropped off again. Basically, we're back to Sega and they're just like, oh, we'll go back to making the bad ones. Well, because it was released um, shortly before Sonic Forces. And Sonic Forces was another 25th anniversary game, which wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. I hate the kart game. I played the demo of it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The kart game's actually really fun. It was pretty fun. But it's like, why is he in a kart? Uh, He can just run. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He can run. It's fine. He's got legs. He's fast, for fuck's sake. His name's Sonic. He goes fast. Um, Maybe he's feeling lazy, guys. <laughs> Give him a break. Yeah, um, but yeah, so Sonic Mania takes place over 12 levels called Zones, and the game features eight remixed zones. So, for example, the first level will be Green Hill Zone, and then the second act of that will be a remixed version, and the music itself becomes remixed as well. Ooh. So it's not just the standard... So the first level is your regular Green Hill music zone that you know and you love and you appreciate. And then the second act remixes it and makes it really fun. And it's just so good. So a lot of the remix stages will have both new and recycled gimmicks um, and ideas from other past Sonic games. And uh, it's just so fun. And there are times when they would create completely new zones, like stuff that doesn't refer back to anything else and when the developers are able to cut loose in that sense the designers you can tell because some of these new ideas and gimmicks are just incredible and i think the new stuff is the best but the old stuff is still really fucking good well it's a beloved series it's hope that one day it properly fulfills its destiny you guys could see that coming from a mile away miles away miles away what you got buddy so I'm going to be talking about Destiny 1, not Destiny 2, guys, because that's a thing, apparently, um, which I've not played. Destiny 1. Wait, sorry, you haven't played Destiny 2 yet. 
I have played the demo, the the like Mate. the introduction bit, and it's it's good. It's it's more Destiny. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't understand why they didn't build on Destiny One instead of releasing a full sequel. I'm sure they have reasons, but anyway, that's not what today's about. Today's about the release of Destiny One. So Bungie had been working on one of my favorite franchises, of course, Halo, up until about 2010. I think 2009 or 10 they released uh, Halo Reach. And uh, in 2010, they began development on a new franchise. Um, had an interesting, uh, I guess, an interesting code name, Project Tiger. That's pretty wow. cool. Yeah, Project Tiger. Um, and whilst developing that game, they uh, signed a agreement with Activision Blizzard. It's like making a deal mm-hmm. with the devil. Yeah, a 10-year cool. agreement. So they would be making games for them for 10 whole years. And, you know, they'd be funded and supported by Activision and their resources. Sounds great. All good. Cool. Um, so information slowly started leaking out about Destiny. Um, and I guess what they referred to it as was a shared world shooter. So it's a first-person shooter. You are uh, in the same environment as other players and you can interact with the same kind of things. Little bits of MMO, little bits of RPG, a lot of bits of shooter. Um, the stuff Bungie's renowned for. Um, it's not really a concept we had seen at that point in time. That time. Um, 2013, 2014, it's, it, it was new then. Mm. Um, so needless to say, there was a lot of hype around this game. This Ooh, is Bungie. Yeah. The Masters of FPS Combat coming out with a new great idea that sounds awesome. Sounds something you can really dump a lot of time into. And those trailers. The trailers. The marketing behind this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck. Oh, man. I wasn't an FPS fan at the time, but I I got this day one because of those trailers. And the uh, the soundtracks in the trailers were really, really good. It's it's suggested that... uh, the, the total cost for Destiny, including the marketing, the vast majority of this, I assume, would be marketing, was about $500 million. Jesus it's been That's a lot re- of Rocket Leagues. Yeah, US dollars, by the way. That's been somewhat refuted. You know, there's, you know, people saying different things. But just think about how much you saw Destiny at that time. I just remember mm. seeing bus stops, trains, Billboards everywhere. I'm pretty plastered. sure for those in um who live in Melbourne at uh Southern Cross Station, the steps near the Hungry Jacks that everyone gets drunk at, um, mm. that was all painted Destiny with a big like Destiny print thingy. Yeah, absolutely cool. nuts. They spent a lot of money to market the game. There was a lot of hype around it. People had high expectations. Mm. So then the game came out. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, what, mm. Did you guys play Destiny at launch? Day one. Nope. Yeah, I was also day one. What was it? The, uh, was it September? September the 9th or something like that? I yeah, don't know. It, it was, it was uh, sort of towards the end of the year, like mid to end of the year, like August, September or something. Um, and I remember, can you play it? And it looks pretty. It looked great. The guns felt good. They weren't yes. the legendary, at the legendary status that they are now. Um, but you start playing and then, um, dialogue happens. And it's like, oh! Yeah. Oh! Here's, here's the thing. So, Bungie, Bungie are good storytellers. They don't tell complex stories. The, the story that they tell in Halo is not 
deep by any stretch of the imagination. It's only been sort of expanded by people who've come to write novels based on the Halo universe after the fact, after the, the first trilogy came out. Um, Destiny, we expected a story, and what we received was a disjointed mess. Remnant of a story. Uh, yeah, you could call it that. There's, there's a line that mm. one of the characters says in Destiny. Jesse, you know the one I'm talking about. You know exactly the one I'm talking about. Well, Which this is the thing. It they, encapsulates- they had star power. They got Peter Dinklage in this game. They they got a lot of talented people to work in this game as a whole. Uh, they got Paul uh, McCartney on the soundtrack. And uh, what? <laughs> which, yeah. which was bizarre. There is a yeah, song called... They're the Paul McCartney Destiny song. Uh, he actually worked with um, uh, Ma- Marty O'Donnell to work on the entire soundtrack. It was called something... Um, what is it? Music of the Spheres. Yep. And it's an eight-part companion piece to destiny it's incredible and guardians on paul mccartney he plays and some paul mccartney songs. yeah he contributed to that now there's a song called yes. hope for the future that plays in the ending credits of the original destiny and it's the most god-awful shit i've ever heard in my life and for it's memory, all like mccartney f- <laughs> it's oh, all nice. him wasn't there like a film clip on the songs and he was like poorly green screened onto yes yes the background that's the one and it reminded me of um you didn't Breaking Bad. What was that scientist who has that, that song in like the middle seasons? He worked for Gus Fring. I can't remember. Ga- like, Gabe or something. Or Ga- uh, Gale. 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 Oh. And he and they find the track of, that he recorded at a karaoke place and he made his own film clip. It reminds me of that. Yep, now I'm going to have to find the video and cut it all together and make it and ruin Paul McCartney's illustrious career. I'm sorry, this- Paul. So, you know, I actually really like the soundtrack of Destiny. I think it's fantastic. But that was a really bad song. Sorry, Paul. Um, Moving back to the story, it was disjointed. It made no sense. And no one could actually understand what was going on. The lore of the universe the game was set in wasn't explained. The only place it was explained was on Bungie's website on something they called the Grimoire. Grimoire. Which you would unlock in-game, but then you needed to go onto your computer or your phone and go to the website to read the, the lore entries. Absolutely. Did you do that? Why? Did you do that? I read maybe two or three, and then I'm like, fuck this. I want yeah, to play the, the game. Fuck? And I wanted that lore. Because yes. of the lore we had so far, is I knew where wizards came from. The moon. The moon. Um, But everything, like, I'm holding my phone in one hand, trying to play the game in the other. And it's a very intriguing universe you know this um what's the big ball thing called the traveler the traveler comes down it's like oh okay what what are you doing you're a big old ball um you want to find out more because even this that that general concept is kind of interesting right i agree that intro cinematic that they show you where they're like all right we went to mars and then we found this big ball called the traveler and then the traveler came to earth and now we have superpowers but the traveler has an enemy called the darkness so now we have to fight against the the darkness the band the darkness is coming after it come on like it gets a (laughs) it gets a little bit silly good love being screamed at you (laughs) they fight they fight paul mccartney it it gets a bit silly and the, the presentation it took itself really seriously. It had very little humor. Um, and it, it was just weird. So there's a line in Destiny that encapsulates the attitude that the entire game sort of has towards the player. 
Um, one of these characters comes towards you, just sauntering slowly, just delivers this line with no sense of urgency or whatever. She's like, you've got to come with me right now. I don't have time to explain why I don't have time to explain. Some shit like that, which is just... Ooh, the writing the is god-awful, um, and the delivery sort of... It lands in the place where you would expect writing like that to land. Yeah, very it's Tommy Wiseau-esque at times. It's it's poor. Um, and they had a director leave, like, a m- two months. Like, I, I made this wrong, but wasn't there a director or something that left a few months before release? And they took... There, there's a there's them, a story there's them. a story to all of this that explains why this game ended up in the shit state that it did when it released. Uh, so essentially, what happened is uh, I think it was sometime in 2013 actually, which is only like a year before the game comes out proper. They put together a supercut of sorts, um, and Joe Staten, the the lead writer, I guess, um, put this thing together. He showed it to upper management and they were not happy about it. They thought it was too linear and against the goals of the game. So they took that story, which was, you know, finalized. Like, you're a year out from release and you're changing the story entirely. This is crazy. Um, And they chopped and changed it. They took bits and they included it. They threw other stuff aside. They uh, repurposed certain characters. Um, They did all kinds of things to kind of make something work. But what you got at the end of it was something that was barely functional. It didn't make sense. It felt wrong. It was, it hurt for me when I picked that game up. I started playing the story. Nothing made sense. I didn't want to go onto the website to read any of this crap. But something happened. Something happened which gave not just me, but other people a lot of hope as well. Um, Shortly after the release of the game they released the very first raid in destiny uh called what was it called vault of glass yes and that the was unlike destiny that, just so good. wow that was unlike anything i'd experienced before um i had been playing mmos for a few years at that point when when destiny came out and there were all these platforming challenges there were real proper mechanics to bosses some bosses some bosses were still bullet sponges but you know we don't talk about them there were like (laughs) weird patterns that you you needed to know the fight inside and out like you couldn't just face roll your way through these things it was fascinating and that gave me hope i'm like oh man hope for the future you might say um destiny could actually be good this could be good, but it's shit right now. So eventually, down the track, um, they released a couple of expansions. Uh, the first one they released was called uh, The Dark Below. Then they released another one um, in 2015, early 2015, called House of Wolves. They were sort of like iterative adjustments. They didn't really change anything major. But come um, towards the end of 2015 they released the taken king mm-hmm. the taken king is like a mm-hmm. meme now it's like when something gets good you call it like the taken king moment um it changed a lot about the game it changed a lot of the leveling as well which is a major frustration for people oh my fucking oh. god right so i remember okay when when i first started playing the game there was enough in its initial launch to keep me playing for for a fair bit of time um story made no sense i'm just like okay cool 
hey, I'm just gonna play like a normal shooter where I don't really care about the story. Like a Call of Duty. I'm like, I don't care about the story, I wanna shoot. And the gunplay, I think it got basically perfected at Taking King. Um, at launch, though, there was enough good in it to, to keep going. But you get to about level 20, and then you stop leveling up in a logical manner. You start having to collect light. Yeah. And light is like a randomized thing. So you could go on a mission with a bunch of mates, you do all the heavy lifting, and then your dickhead friend Frank gets all the light and then gets the good armor, and you get nothing. So it you was- could... Like, you just have to keep grinding. It's not a, an equal amount of time for everyone. You just keep grinding and hope that you get light. I got a few bits. I'm like, I've played for days here and I haven't got much. I'm not going to keep doing this. This is dumb. And because, you know, those are the games you get ad- addicted to the progression. You progress a level, I can use this gun. You progress a level, I can use this armor, blah, blah, blah. You hit such a hard wall at level 20 or 25 or whatever the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. And you, it, it is, it is, the game just pushes you away suddenly. And it's like, I forgave you game for a lot of shit to this point. Yeah. And now you're telling me I have, like, you're pushing back? Give me Get a reason not to play. Yeah, that was a, a severe issue. Um, it turns out there was a lot of stuff that was cut out of the original release of Destiny 1 as well. Um, entire planets, um, enemies, characters, that kind of stuff. There were they more brought- enemies than just the Vex? <gasps> What? They brought some. They brought some 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 stuff back. Um, in uh, the Taken King, the main enemy is Oryx, who is the father of Crota, who is the enemy in the I think the first expansion. He's, oh, of uh, Crota was like the deity that the Hive worship, or something like that. Um, it, it's it's a weird sci-fi slash fantasy esque kind of want from that setting. I'm here for it, yeah, but it was you, just poorly explained. <laughs> you um, beat up a devil. Now you have to go and beat up his dad. Hell's yeah. Right. So basically, <laughs> you kill Crota, and then his dad's like, what the hell have you done to my son? My I'm boy! For my you. boy is a bot. My boy. Look how they've butchered my... Look how they've massacred my boy. Um, and he comes, I, in, he comes in his big ship, a dreadnought. He parks... On the rings of Saturn, and you just go into his ship and just loot it. You ransack that motherfucker, and man, it was awesome. Freaking awesome. I remember there being a lot of drama surrounding the Taken King, because if I remember correctly, you couldn't just buy it on its own. The Taken King was only available if you've repurchased the entire game, I believe, or like a special edition or something. I think you um, needed the the first original. two expansions in order to play in addition I, to the original game. Yeah, yeah which which I can understand that obvious, for obvious reasons. But I think if I, if I'm remembering correctly, that if you wanted to buy it on its own, um, even if you had already bought the original two expansions, I think you had to. You didn't. You have to repurchase the entire. For game. memory, like when it got announced, there was some fuckery in the first week, and they just didn't yeah. get out. But then it got kind of fixed up, kind of like how. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I was going to compare it to the Control Ultimate Edition, but that's still getting fucked around. Good work, Remedy. Um, but it was kind of, yeah, they, they realized that they messed up because there's a lot of confusion around it, but I, I'm, I'm fairly certain they fixed it up. I didn't run into any issues because I had the other expansions. Yeah. Uh, I, but I, I do remember have... there being some sort of drama, which yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like video, about that. Drama in video games, it's weird. Um, rarely, I know, rarely saw. happens. Uh, mm. But the most important thing about the Taken King is that 
they refocused in on interesting characters. Um, so where Kate came I, in? Yes, this is Kate Six was a, a a big part of the Taken King. Um, as was Eris as well, I think. Um, there are all these interesting side characters who are sort of surrounding you there, and they only say like little once-off quips and then they're gone and they're like big time voice actors with this incredible de- delivery and you know all this talent and experience behind them and all they're doing is like huh sure is cold up here on the whatever the <laughs> fuck they call that thing the citadel or whatever they the, it's named um seemed pointless so they focused in on those characters and they ended up telling really interesting stories inside of that it became a game that was fun to play by yourself as mm-hmm. well as playing with other people. That really turned things around um, for for Destiny, the Taken I think King. The game also had a lot to... It owes a lot to its fan base. The fan base is really dedicated and really stuck by it through its tough times because, like you said, there was enough to believe this would be good. Um, yeah. And, like, the missteps were that kind of obvious and dumb, but then there was the whole thing about that direct leave and stuff like that. So some of it was understandable. Everyone just wanted it to be good and backed in the game to be good. So the community stuck around, they kept people going, and the community made, made it fun. Like you said, when the game first came out, it took itself a little bit too seriously. But then you'd walk around Citadel and people were bouncing balls to each other and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. I I like seeing this spirit still in the game. Dance and then they parties. started to, like the dance party and stuff like that. And then Bungie started to marry that into a a lot of their events and stuff like that like it had more fun events and shit like that exactly i i have Um, really really fond memories of as troubled as they were i have really fond memories of the first few months of destiny me broken but it was like this this is just a cool universe um i just hated reading about it on my phone no it wasn't cool (laughs) the one thing that i wanted to mention before we wrap up this conversation is you know, the elephant in the room, the one we have to discuss, Peter Dinklage. Like the you said, Jesse, mad star power. They got this Oof. guy to voice your companion, your little ghost, the little robot thing that floats along with you and he quips about bullshit here and there. Um, and wow. <laughs> He's th- okay, I don't blame the guy. I do not blame him. This is not a slight against him, but the writing for the ghost character was so absolutely god awful i've heard him do the same delivery once um i don't want to start talking about game of thrones season eight because whatever but there was an interview (laughs) on a red carpet where he was asked um what do you think of the ending and he just looks at the camera he's so defeated and it's just like christoph white and david benioff are the two best writers in television and just walks off that's the level of effort he put into his performance like and again like just getting a good actor and putting them in a game doesn't work peter dinklage is a incredible actor he's one of my favorites he's absolutely amazing i still think that the Tyrion's um trial in season three or two is some of the best acting i've seen on tv i love it he is incredible but doesn't mean that he can just suddenly be in a video game because a lot of his acting is emotive on his face and it's kind of Mm -hmm. physical still physical you need to see, um, like, kind of the pain and expression in his face. He couldn't do it in this game. And I think, kind of felt it. It's sort of like in the same way that, um, uh, who plays Gandalf? Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yeah. 
in The Hobbit, he kind of phoned it in because he was acting out against the green screen. He's like, I can't do this. This isn't right. It's that, but take it to, to an extreme where it's like, you're not even in the, you're physically not here. You're a little robotic fucking square that floats around the character's head. You can't just get a good actor and put him in a game and expect to, miracles. How can some you actors work, some actors don't. A line like, I can feel its power. Its power is dark. Like, how can you do that? You can't do that. God, that sounds so bad. Just like, what, you that can't, was an actual line? You can't, yeah, it's mm-hmm. similar. I paraphrased, but, um, it's basically that it was it's shocking the writing is shocking you can't blame him for not doing that so um (laughs) oh man when the taken king came out um they replaced all of peter dinklage's performance with you guessed it nolan north Mm -hmm. troy baker was busy that week yeah troy baker was (laughs) wasn't available scheduling conflicts also (laughs) nolan north is great absolutely fantastic so who played wait, who played Kate Six? Um, it was everybody's favorite Nathan Drake Nathan, lookalike, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. See, uh, he's an actor who's learnt to do voiceovers. Yeah. Because he's done yeah. a lot of voiceover work. Um Yeah, he uh, plays a robot, so you know, they're not gonna do facial capture on him like they did for Halo 5, I think. He was in Halo 5. He's got a yeah. robot face. Yes, he is in Halo 5. He's also in ODSD. Well, they can't they can't put his face in Destiny because they'll get sued by Naughty Dog for having Nathan Drake in the game. <laughs> Same person. Um, but Keelan, holy shit, play Destiny 2. Like, do you want to play Destiny 2? I'm in. Perhaps. Fuck yeah, Destiny 2 is really Man, goddamn these games, good. These games are a time sink, though. That's the concern. I don't care. Yeah, but you got to sink your time to something. <laughs> before, before the grave. Before okay. the grave. <laughs> Yeah, but right, fine, fine amount of time you're gonna use it. Might as well play Destiny, do some raids with me, and be just be the fucking sickest. You know what I mean? All right, down. Let's do it. Destiny two, pretty good. And the new update, the light one, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Oh, real and good. Then, and then when you guys get bored of you know first person shooter MMO RPGs, come join me on Final Fantasy fourteen. I think gonna say come join me in Sonic Mania. Oh yeah, that too. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. if you want to play a real good shooter, Shadow the Hedgehog. Clear the motorbike as well. That's good. Uh, All right. Let's close it out there. We've spoken too much about Shadow the Hedgehog. We have. <laughs> I apologize, everyone. We, we've talked about enough hedgehogs for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we are on Spotify and iTunes if you want to listen to more of our bullshit. Um, subscribe, leave us a review while you're there. Um, as always, a big thank you to Fan Critical Podcast Network for their support. While you're on the podcast platform, check their shows out as well. Um, if you want to keep up to date with all the news and reviews and stuff, storymodegaming.com. You can check out all of our stuff there, along with on the socials at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at StoryModeOz. I recommend keeping an eye on it because we're going to be posting all of our um, schedules for Twitch, which some of you are watching on. Hey, hey. Hey, Twitch. Yeah. Um, if you're on Twitch, give us a uh, follow and, and tell your friends and all, all that type of business. Um, we also have a bit of a surprise coming out later this week. A uh, something, something new from the podcast side of things. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and you want to support us with a couple of a couple of coins? Jump over to Patreon, search for Fan Critical, and you get access to all sorts of bonus goodies. But with that, we will bid you adieu. So thanks for joining in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. What are you doing? Uh, Keelan, Simon, always a pleasure. Thanks always everyone. A pleasure. That was a good time. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Stay safe, play some games, 
and we'll catch you soon. And if you're in WA, behave yourself. Be please, good. And wear a mask every time you go outside. Wear a mask. Be safe. Don't be a dickhead. That's the motto of the podcast. Don't be a dickhead. Yeah. Unless you're on Don't the podcast, then you can be a dickhead. Like we are. Bye. 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 You think you kind of broke Nick Kidna? That's fair.